Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. I hear it, but I don't see it. I hear it, but I don't see it. And I believe God's going to speak to us. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And this is the call of David when David was anointed to be king. 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, who's the prophet, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So Samuel goes and he, he meets Jesse and he says, I want you to get all your sons. And, and Jesse gets his sons and this is what it says in verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, this is the oldest son, and said, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Just real quick, Samuel the prophet, he had been a part of, of, King, of King Saul in a relationship with him. And so when he saw, he saw this oldest son, Eliab, he saw somebody who looked like King Saul. And he thought that was going to be the next king. But God didn't want him to find somebody who looked like Saul. God wanted him to find someone who has a heart like him. And so God continues, and the scripture goes on. It says, then Jesse called Abinadab. And had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. They're on a roll here. Jesse then had Shema. One of these amazing names. Pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, are there any other sons that you have? He says, well, they're still the youngest. But he's out tending sheep. I love what he says next. He says, Samuel says, send for him. We will not sit down until he rise. Like he just told all these guys they're rejected and they're not going to be king. And then he just says, hey, and don't even think about sitting down. You're going to stand up. This intends for some awkward conversation and dialogue at this moment. So they just all stand there. It says, so he went, he sent for him and had him brought in. He says, he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. I mean, you ladies, you sit next to your man and this is like his theme verse. Man, he just, glowing with health, fine appearance, and handsome features. Bethany says this to me every morning I wake up. It's getting old. That's why my parents named me David, clearly. (laughs) Somebody like that up top. (laughs) Then the Lord says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. I love this scene of scripture because no one saw this day coming. Isn't that just how God works? You're going about your business, just trying to be faithful, just trying to serve God. Samuel didn't see it coming. David, sure enough, didn't see it coming. And Jesse definitely didn't see it coming. Jesse, the father of all these sons, I love the fact that here he is, and you think about the expectation and the excitement that he must think in his own heart, thinking, one of my sons is going to be the next king of Israel. But he calls seven of them together, and he does not call David to the meeting. David did not get invited to the anointing party. 
And, and you see, there's a reason why, because in ancient times, it's a very patriarchal society. And so the older always got preference and priority. So for Jesse, he didn't forget that David existed. He didn't just think, oh, I can't believe I forgot. I have another son. He just never thought, based upon culture and their society, that David would ever be chosen. How many of you thankful that we serve a God that even though you might be rejected, he accepts you? Even though he might, other people might disqualify you, our God qualifies you. A man might shut a door on you, but God is the door opener and allows you to come into the meeting and to the table. When he says it needs to happen, it's going to happen. So here David comes in, he gets anointed king, big moment. David hears for the first time, I'm going to be the next king of Israel. It's something, though, how sometimes we'll hear God speak, but then we don't see anything happen right after. We'll hear it, we'll be excited about it, we'll believe it, but then the next thing we're doing is exactly what we were doing before. David went back to shepherding sheep. He didn't march to the palace and say, hey, buddy, King Saul, get out of the way. I've just been anointed king. That's not how it went. David went back to doing and being faithful to the very thing he last was doing. And sometimes this is how God operates, and I would insist to you this is the majority of the time that God will speak something long before you ever see it come to pass. And God still speaks to people today. I don't know where you are in your faith. I don't know if you're new to church or new to Christianity. You're trying to explore things out. You've been saved for five years or 50 years. But what I've learned to be true and what the scriptures attest to is that we serve a God who communicates to his people. The primary way, obviously, is through his word. And he will never speak something outside of this that contradicts it. So if you feel like you hear something that doesn't line up with this, you throw it out the window. Somebody say amen. amen. But God still speaks by a still small voice. He still uses people to speak into our lives. He'll still place mission and burden and a calling on people. You can be going about your life, going about your day, and boom, all of a sudden you just feel something stirring on the inside of your spirit that you've never felt before. I mean, you know what I'm talking about start feeling it, and there's a longing for something you never even longed for before. And God will start to stir in you, and God is still in the business of calling people, equipping people, and, and leading people. And there's business people in here, and, and you felt inside of your spirit, and maybe you didn't even know it was God, but it is God, and he's calling you to start a new business. But you're just stuck in your job, and you don't see how it's going to happen, but you have heard it. When God speaks, it will happen. There are people in here, moms, and man, God has called you to, to stay with your kids and to raise your kids, or maybe some of you are transitioning and you feel in your spirit, hey, I've been staying at home, but now God's leading me to something different, but you're not seeing it coming to pass, but you hear it inside your spirit. Other people, it might be, you know, you call to missions. I mean, you know, God still calls people to ministry. Some, some people, young people, God might be calling you to be a pastor one day or a kids pastor or a worship pastor, a leader. God still calls people to do great things. And your past might be your past, but God is able to redeem what you have messed up. He's able to sanctify and justify and heal everything that we've done wrong to set us on a path that he wants to use us in the future. And the calling that God places on us. Maybe some of you in here, you have a, a, just a burden to foster care or adopt, but you don't know where the money's gonna come from. Maybe your spouse isn't on board and it's kinda hard to move forward if your spouse isn't on board, but if God speaks it, it will happen. God's calling for your life is not about my convenience or my comfort. It's all about his glory. It's not God, I want, I want you to use me so that 
so that my life is just awesome and better, and he will. But the calling that God places on you is bigger than you. It's bigger than you because it's meant for more than just you. It's to impact your family. It's to impact your workplace. It's to impact places you go to and people you meet and your neighborhood and people you see. God wants to use your life. I love what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do, help me out, good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has things that he desires that you walk in. But let me show you what happens. We'll hear God, we'll sense God, and we see absolutely nothing take place. And the longer you go, from the time you hear and without seeing, the more you will grow discouraged and doubt will creep in. Am I talking to anybody in here? I remember growing up, maybe you've seen these before, but these are called magic eye pictures. There's nothing magical about them, don't get scared. Nothing magical about them, but there's 3D illusions that you're able to look at. And I don't know if you have anger issues, but if you wanna see how well you're doing, try this out one day. Because what happens is this, is you have these images. Anybody seen this before? Okay, fantastic. So you see these images and these dots and like this stuff. And I had friends growing up, good friends, good intentions, but they would invite me over and they would have this. And they'd be like, oh, David, come here. You gotta see this. It's amazing, so awesome. Look at this picture. And I would stare at it and they'd say, okay, put your nose two inches away from this picture. And say, just give it about 35 seconds and you're gonna see something amazing. And I would look at it, 30 seconds would pass and it would feel like 30 minutes passed. I'm crossing my eyes, man. I'm doing everything I can. I would go nose to nose, I would go seven inches and the more I did it, the more unsanctified I was. I was upset, I heard about it, but I couldn't see it. They'd be like, you don't see the Care Bear? And the, the rainbow and the butterfly? I'm like, what are you talking about? I heard them talk about it. Like for example, this right here, I tried it this week and <laughs> still don't have the gift. This right here, okay, everybody see that? This is a train, everybody. It's a train. Can't see it, but it's there. This one right here, this is a hot rod. It's a, hot, it's a car, can't see it. And man, I would get so upset because they would tell me what the picture had on it, but I couldn't see it with my own eyes. This is exactly what happens with us. Oh, I just lost my picture. So exactly what happens with us is God will speak something. He will say something to us and we're excited about it, but God, I just don't see it. And this is the tension point for us because I've walked through this season many times and it will be so easy just to give up when Days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months and months turn into years. You will start to step away from that dream or that word or that calling that God has spoken because you think in your mind, well, God, if you, it was really you, then I'd be walking in it now. But can I tell you that God does not miss the timing between when you hear and when you see. If God says it's going to happen, my friend, it is going to happen. His word is true, his word is faithful. It cannot return void and it cannot fail. If he says it, it's gonna happen. And God will stretch our faith and he'll mold us during this season. Think about David, for example. David was anointed when he was 15 years old. The passage we just read, he was 15 years old. 
15 years would pass before he'd become king of Judah. Another seven years would pass before he became king of all Israel, which was spoken over him. 22 years passed before he saw it. The enemy would come in during this time and say, don't trust God. Don't believe God. I know you feel like you heard this. I know you feel like your child's gonna get saved. I know you feel like this is gonna happen in your finances, in your life, in your business, in your family, but it's not happening. Just stop trusting. You gotta resolve in your spirit. I'm preaching more than y'all responding a little bit. You gotta resolve in your spirit. I might not see it, but I have heard it. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I will hold on. I will keep trusting. I will keep believing. Because if it's of God, it's gonna happen. I thought about Denham Springs. Denham Springs campus. Isn't that pretty cool? We got a campus right now. People are watching in Denham Springs. Hundreds of people. I thought about how in 2013 is when Pastor Mike and, and some people felt like that was the first time they felt that God was speaking that we were supposed to go start a HPC campus in Denham Springs. You hear the word. They heard it. We weren't in position as a church, didn't have the resources to do it. Started getting the resources, people were faithful to give. Started stepping out, went and looked for a building. Pastor Johnny, you were involved with this. Could not find a building in Denham Springs to have church. Finally acquired a building. That building needs some serious TLC. Needs some serious help. Right before the construction started, guess what happened? The flood happened. Building has feet of water all in it. People's homes, just water all in it. Businesses, water all in it. How easy it would have been to say, you know, I thought I heard you, God, but things aren't happening the way I thought they would happen, so we're just gonna back out right now. But thank God for people who had bold, audacious faith for a church that gave long before you saw that people who prayed and stood steadfast and said, God has said it and he's going to do it. And right now, the past two weeks, there have been an average of 1,600 people worshiping at Denham Springs campus. Come on, make some noise, everybody. I might, I might not be able to see it. I can't see it, God, but I've heard you. You said you're gonna do it, God, and I'm just gonna trust you blindly. That's when the enemy starts to shake. That's when hell starts to tremble because when you start stepping out, even when you do not see with your eyes, it says that we believe the one who creates all things and he speaks things into existence and he can bring anything to pass. No matter how long it takes, how long of a delay it seems, if God has said it, he's gonna do it. Come on, I about lost my breath saying that right there. Got a cramp in my stomach, man. Ooh. I love it. What's this period all about, this gap? What's it all about? We want things instantaneously. I don't know if you're like me. I like things right when I want it. You know, I, I'm amazed by my kids with, with television now and streaming and Netflix and Hulu. Isn't it something how if they want to watch their favorite shows, they can watch it right then. I remember back in the day, I remember back... When I was a kid, I loved Fraggle Rock. Any Fraggle Rock people in the house? Man, I was not expecting that. Fraggle Rock, Transformers. Okay, no one likes Transformers. Um, Saved by the Bell. A.C. Slater, Zach Morris, where you at, man? I loved it. What, what did we have to do? You had to wait till it came on. You had to wait, and there was things called commercials you had to watch during it. My kids are like, hey, 
I want to watch Dora the Explorer. Boom, it's on. We'll be watching something live, a live event. Like there are such things as live events still. And they'll be like, hey, Dad, what is this we're watching? Fast forward this commercial thing. You can't fast forward which is live. Can I tell you, there is no bypassing when God has you in this season. There's no shortcuts. There's no skipping scenes or chapters. Everything he does from the time you hear, from the time you see, is very intentional. And this time is called the pathway. I call it the pathway of preparation. He is preparing you. He is molding you. He is getting you ready for what it is he's bringing your way. There's no, there's no hey, God, I'm, I'm a little tired of preparation. Preparation can sometimes be painful, but it's always purpose-filled. It's not, it's not done to, to, as, as, as something that God is punishing you. It's done so that he will prepare you for what he's called to you. Anybody ever been in the season of preparation before? Just nothing's happening, nothing's moving, but yet everything's happening on the inside. You're not seeing any change happen externally, but God is doing a great work internally. I wanna give you just two things, two final thoughts, is during this season of preparation, what is God doing? This is two things that I've found true every single time I've gone through this whole season of preparation, from the time you hear, from the time you see. The first one is this, is that he is strengthening your character. God cares more about who you are are becoming than where you are going. He will not place you in a position that your character cannot sustain you in. He is consumed with the heart of man. He's not impressed by your finances. Some of you say, I'm not impressed with my finances either. <laughs> He's not impressed with your talent. He's the one who gave it to you. He's not up in heaven just thinking, oh, David, fantastic job preaching today. He doesn't talk like that, by the way. But he's not... He's not saying that. We steward things he gives us. But he's looking at my heart right now. Because it's one thing to be somebody in public. It's another thing to be somebody in private. And I can get up here and say, bless the Lord, glory, hallelujah, quote some scripture verses. But if I'm not real here and I'm somebody else in my home, the way I speak to my wife and the way I raise my kids, that's called hypocrisy. And God loves us, listen to me, he loves us just the way we are, but he loves us way too much to keep us where we are. And he will mold you and shape you and, and transform you and give you new intentions and desires that he starts doing on the inside of you. Anybody, anybody with me on this? He does this in your life. And when you're walking and you're not seeing, God is moving and he is transforming your character. I love what the Bible says about Joseph. It says that Joseph had dreams until the dreams came to pass that God tested his character. God wasn't testing Joseph's character to see where his character was. God knows exactly where you are. He knows you better than you know you. You might be able to hide some things from people. There's no hiding something from God. He wasn't testing him to see where his character landed. Oh, you're doing better than I thought. It's nothing like that. God tests us to strengthen us. He knows if we can pass one test, we can pass two tests. If you can pass two tests, you can pass four tests. The enemy comes in with temptation. There's a great distinction between testing and temptation. James says that God cannot be tempted by evil, nor can he tempt any man by evil. Temptation is for the purpose of weakening you. Testing is the, for, the, for the purpose of strengthening you. And you'll go through tests and trials and hardships and not seeing and trying to navigate through, but he is making you stronger and stronger and stronger every single day. I remember when I was 17 years old. I was in a church service, my home church growing up. 
My pastor at the time was named Pastor Raymond Culpepper, and he was about five feet tall, but he could preach like no one's business. And one service he was preaching, and he ended, and man, the Spirit of God was just moving. He said, there's some people in here, that's how he talks, some people in here that God is calling into full-time occupational ministry. And I felt all of a sudden the power of God come on my life so strong. I was sitting in my seat, 17 years old. I start weeping. You know how Pastor Mike gets teary-eyed sometimes? Y'all know that? Okay. This was like to infinity and beyond. I'm just bawling, crying. 17, a 17-year-old, you don't want to do that. But when God calls you, you will start doing that because the calling's bigger than you. But I remember coming down front and praying and just knowing God was calling me into ministry. I was 17. It would take eight years until God started to bring that to pass. You know what he's doing during that time? He's working on me. And I have not arrived. I am not perfect, but I serve the one who is, if you know what I'm talking about. Y'all didn't guess that. Pastor Mike, every time he raises his hand, this pinky is a wanderer. It's amazing. I'm trying to get into a small group for years. It won't happen. <laughs> you will always be distracted for that from now on when you see it. <laughs> it's amazing, though. God was working on me. And I'm going to be very vulnerable to you and honest to you what he was doing specifically. There's many things, but this is one thing. This is a very important thing. I had a hard time understanding the distinction between being against sin but for people. I was quick to judge. I was quick to criticize. I was quick to cut off people who didn't believe and behave like I believed and behaved. Now, I might have believed and behaved right, but God did not come to this earth. Jesus says, I came that I will save the sick. I am a friend of sinners, Jesus was called. He didn't become a sinner, but he was friends of sinners. And it's hard to pastor if you don't really love people. And you know, you can love Jesus and sometimes not really love people the way you ought to. And God started to stir in me and give me this overwhelming love for people who were different than me. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And if we're gonna be a church that wraps our arms around this city, I'm not talking about condoning sin, being not preaching against sin. I'm not talking about this, but we better be a people who have hearts for people who are lost because yet by the grace of God, there go I. And God started to sharpen my character. And man, he works on me still. There's still so many issues in my life that he's dealing with. Anybody else, I'm talking to somebody. He's just dealing with your character. But God wants you to step into whatever he has you to step into. And you are strong in who you are in him. You are filled with the spirit of God. You are overflowing with love. You are overflowing with kindness. You are overflowing with joy because he has done something on the inside of you. Can somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in here? He's doing something. I hear it, but I don't see it. The final thing is this, is that God is going to build your confidence during this season. When you are waiting, when you've heard, but you've yet to see, it is imperative, imperative for us to have godly confidence. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about pride. Hey, look at me, I'm awesome. I'm talking about godly confidence that my God has called me, my God is with me, my God is for me. There's nothing too difficult for him. And if he's called me to it, he'll equip me for it. Godly confidence, 
not just, just bent over in fear and shame and, and, and anxiety and insecurity. And listen, I face all those things. But God reminds me, David, I've called you to more. And I love being around people who are encouragers. Any words of affirmation, people in the house? Like you love giving words of... You love giving words of affirmation. You love receiving words of affirmation. I love this. I grew up in a home. My mom, Sheila Ray, she's here today. She said, do not recognize me, but she's here, sitting right over here somewhere. I hear her, but I can't see her. But she's over there. She's the most encouraging person I know. Known her for 35 years. She will speak life over you. She will speak hope over you. Somebody will see a problem. She'll speak potential. You just come around her, you just go, I could just run through a brick wall. Like just life. I love it. And the only time I see her get upset is if you talk about somebody she loves, she will come after you. If you talk about me, you might not like me. If you talk about me, that's cool. Just do not let Sheila Ray know. She will go Old Testament on you in a second. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like Old Testament. None of this turn the other cheek stuff. Old Testament. It was a true story. A few weeks ago, something happened. I don't remember exactly what it was, but she texted me. Somebody had said something. Somehow she found out. She texted me. It was from the book of Psalms. She's like, the Lord will slay thy enemies before thy hand. The earth will swallow them up, and they will have no rule in your life. Don't mess with mama. I love being around people who encourage you and speak life into you. As a as body of believers, we should edify and encourage people. Can I get a better amen? But here's the thing. Your confidence cannot be based on the compliments of other people. Because if your confidence is based and rooted on the source of that, then your confidence will die when other people come and criticize. You cannot be built on that. I'm thankful for it, but that's not my source. God's my source. People might be for me, or people might be against me. But when I hear God say, I'm moving you into something, I'm trusting him. Because this is the fact, my friend, you'll be met with criticism on your way to seeing it. First Samuel chapter 17, you can go read it later. David comes and the Bible says that Jesse told him, his father, he says, I want you to take this food. Take it to your brothers who are on the battlefield. You're going to take this food to him. So David goes out. He takes the food to him, and he starts to see Goliath, who's hurling all these insults about God and saying all these things about the, the army of the Lord, and, and he's insulting them. And David says, who does this guy think he is? He's talking about our God and his older brother, family member, okay? Older brother Eliab hears it. He's still jaded from not being accepted before. He hears it, and he says, I know the wickedness that's in your heart. Two forms of, of criticism you will face, I promise you. There are people who just don't like you that you'll face. First thing is this, is people will question the intentions of your heart. God knows your heart. You know your heart. And if someone says something that is not accurate based upon God's word and the understanding of reality in your own life, do not pick something up that is not yours to carry. You cannot control what somebody says about you, but you can control what you receive as truth. David keeps moving. Why? Because he knows he's heard from God. He moves on. He goes and sees King Saul. You think about somebody with boldness. Goes and sees King Saul. He says, King Saul, I believe God's going to deliver this Philistine into our hands today, and he's going to use me to do it. Saul looked at him and said, David, you can't do that. You're just a boy. You don't have the ability to do that. 
That's the second thing. People will question and criticize your intentions. They'll also question and criticize your ability. But David says, you don't understand, King Saul. God delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and the same God who delivered me in my past is the God that will deliver me right now in my present. He had confidence. The most popular, perhaps one of the most popular stories in the Old Testament is David defeating Goliath. I was concerned here. David defeating one of the most popular, clearly not top. David defeating Goliath. Imagine if criticism would have stopped him. When his own brother said, you just have a wicked heart. Imagine he just stopped, cowered down, and walked back to his father's house. But no, when faith comes upon you, when godly confidence is in you, you keep walking even when you don't see. You keep walking even when people criticize you because God has a calling for you. I'll end with this story. Last year, I was able to go to to Africa with Pastor Jeffrey Renz, he's our missions pastor, and it was an amazing time to see Mozambique and Swaziland and just everything God is doing there. I remember one day we went on a safari, and I've been on safari in the past, but this time I was, I was in this vehicle that there was, I sat in the very front of the safari vehicle, and, and it was really low down, and there was no door, okay? No door. There was no windshield. And so it's me sitting down low, and the safari guy, and then everybody else is kind of in the raised seating. Shout out to the raised seating up there. They're kind of raised up, have a good aerial view far away from the creatures and the predators and the animals. And I don't know if you've ever been around a lion before. Kind of big, kind of strong, kind of powerful. We see them and normally, you know, there's glass or a cage that, that blocks us. I'm in this vehicle and this safari guide drives us right next to a pride of lions. I'm sitting so low, I can about touch the ground. I'm sitting so low, and he starts revving the engine. Hey man, you can stop, you can stop. Those lions looking up. I'm t- you talk about just scare you to death. I'm thinking I'm gonna die getting eaten by a lion. My kids. A horrible story. He can tell I'm anxious. You can tell I'm nervous. I'm right next to one. He says, You do not need to be afraid. <laughs> the lion cannot see you. He only sees a blur. He cannot see you. I'm thinking, maybe he can smell me or hear me. Your speech is not helping me. He cannot see you. His eyes do not work like that. And I, I, I kid you not, I'm thinking in my, my mind, what if one of them can see right? There's 10 of them there, just one of them, we're all done. I'm thinking this. What if one of them somehow had LASIK surgery and none of them? <laughs> this dude don't even know about it. He's about to crush us. My heart's pounding. And later on, I thought about that moment. Thought, I, I bet the enemy thinks, what if just one Christian, what if just one community of faith, one church, one believer, one student, one child, one mom, one dad, saw who they were in him. And they knew the power of God that was on their life, the strength of the Lord that's in them. 
that the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave dwells inside of me. You're talking about godly confidence, understanding it's not my ability, it's not my insight, it's not my charisma or all the things that we try to attribute to us, but if it is God, he can do anything. And I believe that the enemy will tremble in fear when a believer wakes up in bold, godly confidence knowing that if my God is for me, no man or no thing can stand against me. And if God has spoken it, it's going to happen. I might not see it now, but if he has spoken it, one of these days it's gonna happen and I will not allow my faith to cower down, but I will continue to believe. And God is just waiting for a people. Y'all with me today? He's just waiting for a people who will rise up, who will worship even when they don't see who will continue to read the word even when they don't see, who will pray in the spirit even when they don't see, who will pray in English even when they don't see, who will continue to get on their face even when they do not see because he's going to do it. He's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful again in your future. His promise still stands. I'll read one final verse here. We'll close. I hope this has been helpful. David goes and he stands in front of Goliath. He says, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, this powerful, matchless name of the Lord that we serve. And as you have that godly confidence and God works on your character, you're going to enter into a season that you thought, man, God, I started to doubt if it was going to happen, but look what you've done. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's clap our hands for God in this place. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.